Welcome to another episode of Null Pointers with your hosts, Mark, Gerald, and Stephen. Today, we will be talking about one of our favorite architecture topics, MVVM, or also known as the Model View View Model. But before we start talking about MVVM, there has been a lot happening lately in our code space. Xarian Forms 4.7 has been released, and there has been a new feature with it, Shapes, which allows you to draw whatever you want. I'm sure Stephen must be ecstatic. I am through the roof. It's it's awesome. Um, but no, seriously, it's, it's quite cool. Um, it, it allows you to basically do some sort of Skia sharp light at this point. Um, obviously, Skia is much more evolved and, and has way more features, but it, it really is a, a good start for your basic custom drawing stuff. And it's making Pancake View obsolete slowly but surely. So all my blessings go to shapes and paths and all those good new features. I think the only thing missing now between the pancakes and, and Xamarin forms basically is the, the shadows, right? And even then the shadows is a horribly under um, evolved part of it, I guess. <laughs> there are way better options. But, and, okay, so 4.7, is there anything other than shapes that we need to know about? I think that's the, the big thing, right, in, in 4.7. Another really cool feature that has been added is actually by uh, Morton the simplified grid row and column definition. So now you can do that in a inliner and you no longer have to make this cumbersome grid column definitions, column definition width equal, grid row definitions, row definitions equal, blah, 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 blah. I think that's a really great addition. Yeah, I actually wrote a blog about that. And yeah, it's like you say, you before you had to write a lot of XAML um, for the column definitions and the row definitions, and you had to specify each one of them on a new line, basically, um, and then a couple of lines because you want to specify the actual column and row definitions. Um, and now you can just do that like inline on the attribute on the actual grid um, and just say value, comma, value, comma, and it will uh, know that you are, uh, that you mean a, a new grid or, a, or uh, sorry, a new column or a new row. Um, so that that greatly simplifies your, your example on that uh, regard, definitely. Yeah, and one of the features that I'm, quite excited for is the multi-bindings. I don't know if any of you have read about those, but it's basically you you put in a string format. So if you have like a, a string that's made up out of different bindings, you usually would either go through a converter or maybe a formatted text with spans and all that stuff. But you can now also just set the text to a multi-binding, give it a string format kind of string, like the curly braces and an indexer, and then just add multiple bindings and they get replaced into that string formatter. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, another feature that uh, some people in my office are really excited about, especially those that love to use dark mode, is the new app theme switching, which will allow you to uh, easily switch between a lighter and darker theme. And you can either go with the flow from the operating system or force what your app has chosen for a theme. The guy who made that is very awesome. Okay, yeah, very cool. Very cool features. Speaking about cool, I think a lot of people just found out uh, the past week or a little before that all their code, including the pre-releases of this Xamarin.Forms version, is going to be 
very cool because it's going to be archived in the GitHub Arctic Vault. That was quite a surprise when I first read about that, especially since I somehow managed that some of my code is now in the Arctic Vault, and I think it will be stored there for quite some time to be. Is it a thousand years? So all my not-so-nice code are really... They should have warned us. I mean, just think about all the time we could have invested in polishing our code. So to be fair, if you look back, I think they announced it in, this in October 2019. So it's really... So I mean, I've read about this before, and I'm really surprised that everyone is so surprised that it that it's suddenly in there because they have announced it before. Okay, I... Okay, you, you caught me uh, blindfolded there. Um, yeah, I, I probably should uh, be a better reader. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't know. I did not know that. But yeah, I think on the one hand, I think it's quite cool to know that uh, some some of my pieces of code will, will live on forever. So if there's ever an archaeologist digging through code and you'll find my snippets, he will then ask himself, what was this guy thinking? Maybe. Or maybe he says, wow, this looks really nice. Who knows? A visionary of his time. Yeah, yeah. This, this code is so vintage. I'm going to copy yeah. and paste it everywhere. I'm going to make it my wallpaper. Yeah. And the, the person must have been so humble who has written this. <laughs> Yet he stayed so normal. Yeah. It's going to put it on Stack Overflow 5.0. Everywhere. <laughs> each question. Okay, okay. But one last thing. Uh, dropped just before was it just before this this no it, it's already a few days old but the, it might be that microsoft's service duo um, looks like it's ready to launch uh, the, it might be upon us the dual screen device by microsoft um, it runs on android it it looks very pretty i have had the honor of holding one in my hands um, i couldn't turn it on at the time because it was all very secret um, but but the way it was built was very very cool um, and yeah, I think they have big plans for this. And now there is this news item where they say um, uh, there is a listing by the, the FCC. So that's uh, some kind of instance who will, um, yeah, look at the hardware and approves it or not, I think. I don't know what they do, something like that. Um, and yeah, it, it showed up there in reports. So it, it might be coming soonish. Yeah, so rumor has it that once uh, devices appear on that list, it usually takes weeks until they are released. So who knows, maybe in a couple of weeks, we will be able to have a dual screen in our back pocket so we can text and watch movies or write emails and read texts. I don't don't know yet what I would be doing with two screens, but I think there's some really cool scenarios. Uh, There's some really cool demos uh, that you can do with it. And um, I know that uh, the Xarin Forms team has been playing around with supporting dual screens uh, for quite some time. So it should be interesting to find out once those uh, dual screen devices go into main media, what we can do with them. So, Stephen, have you already seen any interesting dual screen concepts that might be cool to implement? I have not, but I'm ready for the community to pour out all of their inspiration and see what they can do. Amaze us with all the cool stuff. Amaze us, or at least me. So, speaking about design, and uh, you mentioned it before, the multi bindings, uh, which I used to have to do 
uh, in my view models, I used to then plug in different strings, uh, sometimes also depending on some inputs that were done beforehand, and then have one big cobbled together um, string that I could then uh, present in my view, like uh, the full name comes to mind. So we have said in the intro, uh, the MVVM architecture is something we often use, but elaborates to ask Gerald, why is MVVM so broadly used in the Xamarin space? Well, that's a good question. I think if you look back at the whole Microsoft history, that MVVM is a pattern that is much embraced also with um, WPF and uh, UWP. Um, I think the whole XAML um, binding stuff, uh, yeah, is is a very good candidate for using it with with MVVM. Um, I don't know historically why Microsoft is is very much pushing for like the MVVM uh, pattern. No idea, uh, and and maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's something. Um, I'm I'm just seeing it like this, and that it has grown this way uh, over time. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, back to Xamarin Forms. Uh, like I already mentioned, it it works very well in the whole XAML paradigm. Um, so it if you want to separate your concerns, uh, which is a thing that you uh, want to do if you want to keep all your uh, code nice and clean and separated and testable and all that kinds of things, then you want to use these bindings. And in MVVM, uh, you can, um, there's some XAML magic, basically, uh, which which takes those bindings and uh, looks at the, the backing uh, data context or data binding, um, and uh, it will... Yeah, read the the values from that without having any hard reference uh, besides just the uh, the property name, basically. So that is MVVM and XAML in a nutshell. I think I, we already lost people because this 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 is something that you have to see, that you have to try, and um, then at some point it will click. I think, but um, yeah. It's also something you have to fall flat on your face a few times for. Yes, that too. <laughs> As with many concepts, I sometimes think. Uh, but yeah, um, basically, as, as you said, Gerald, it allows us to separate the different concerns that we have in a UI client-side application. So we don't want to mix up our view logic code with any data logic code. And that's what you can basically do with MVVM. And before MVVM was there, there were different patterns and they all sound very similar. You got the MVC, the model view controller. And there was a time where there was the MVP, the model view presenter pattern. Uh, and I think it then became with uh, WPF, um, which is also a XAML-based framework, as you already mentioned, um, was then the, f the first time where uh, Microsoft then, so to speak, gave us a, an architecture pattern that we could use to separate those concerns. Before we had WinForms usually, and there were some apps that uh, followed this segregation segregation nicely with separating the logics from each other. Um, and there were other um, apps that just intermingled everything together, uh, which uh, then came a big blob of messy code, which uh, is quite unmaintainable, some would say. And yeah, that's where the MVVM pattern comes in. And in Xamarin, or better said, Xamarin Forms, it's actually uh, baked in into the framework. So you don't have to install any additional tools or libraries or frameworks. Uh, you got uh, you get it like out of the box. Yeah, exactly. So, but if we go a step back, I think we we've, we've just mentioned it MVVM all the time. Um, if if we have listeners who are not up to date with what that is exactly, so the the full name would be model view view model. 
Um, so model is a separate word, view is a separate word, and view model is one word, basically. Um, where the view is is the view where you're looking at. So that would be the thing that you're creating with your um, XAML, right? Um, then you have the view model. So that's a, a model that's a... Um, Poco, they call it, a plain old C-sharp object. The, I think that's the correct term, um, which is which is basically the model that, that holds all the properties um, that are, yeah, very specific to that view. Um, so like you mentioned, Mark, the example with the full name, uh, before the multi-bindings, you had to probably solve that in your view model. And one way you could do that is by adding a property to your view model who would um, compose the 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 first name and the last name. So that view model is is very specific to the view and and will hold a uh, some properties and um, yeah do some um, maybe some some minor business logic there. Um, and then you have the model, which is basically like um, uh, yeah all the other stuff. So that's that's actual the the classes that represent your data or the services that go uh, back to your. REST APIs uh, or storing something on your uh, on your device in, in local storage, uh, that kind of thing. So that's basically the three elements that are uh, uh, inside MVVM and that you can use to um, yeah separate all the concerns. Yeah, and it does not only start by separating concerns, um, as you mentioned before, Gerald. Uh, you don't you no longer have to go and say like uh, label dot text equals this string. Um, what you have in your view models is you have uh, properties, which are yeah getter and setters for those that are not so familiar with uh, C sharp, and the framework will then automatically, when the view is getting loaded, will then check uh, the name of that uh, that you define in the XAML part if there is a property in the view model, and will then give that value into the view so it will be rendered. And if you have any uh, events that you want to have fired back to the view model, uh, you would, in a classical MVVM way, not use events. You would use commands. So when you get a button click or something like that, you can just uh, define a command, which will then be invoked whenever someone uh, taps or clicks on a button. And this entire separation also brings in testability. So before... Uh, you had to be very concise with not mixing in any uh, view elements. And you still have to do that today. Otherwise, you will no longer be able to test your view models in separation. But if you follow this pattern, you can use favorite testing framework, be it X unit, N unit, MS test, or whatever is your favorite poison there. And you can then test your entire code uh, from the view model downwards. So like you already said, Mark, uh, Xamarin Forms has a lot of the bits that, well, has all the bits to to make um, MVVM work, basically. Uh, one of the, I mean, there's there's a couple of things that you would need to do yourself. Um, so one of the first things that come to mind is like, uh, if you want to navigate between pages, um, depends on who you ask, I think, but um, you would you would ideally navigate from, page model to page model. So we say maybe view model or page model because the uh, the page is is uh, what the views are called within the Xamarin space basically and maybe some others. Uh, so there it's, it's more normal to say it like page model uh, or at least I say it, let's maybe keep it at that. Um, so whenever I say page model or view model, it's, it's the same thing. Uh, but you want, to, you want to do view model to view model navigation because your view model is probably going to be the same. 
uh, for a long time, whereas the view might change because um, iOS will have a new design, for instance. So you want to uh, account for that in, in your own application, but the view model, the data that is shown is, is probably mostly the same. Uh, but if you're going to navigate from one page to the other, you will still have um, links from your view model or, or whatever you use to navigate inside your your view. So you will you will easily mix up some code there and uh, mess up the the separation of concern. So one of the things that you would want to find out uh, that you want to implement is um, maybe that that view model to view model navigation, uh, and you could do that by um, using frameworks. Yeah, because like you already said, it's it's baked into Xamarin Forms most of the stuff that you need. Um, but there still are tons of frameworks around this, implementing it in their own little happy or unhappy way. A few that come to mind could be Prism or um, Fresh MVVM has been a staple at least for a while. I don't think it's updated much these days anymore. But also you could go the Reactive UI route, for example, which is a completely different route compared to the others. But and I've I've recently also tried Tiny MVVM, which does what it says on the box. Basically, it's really tiny, and it just does the little things that I want to not have to implement myself. Because I think that's what most of these frameworks are about. Because even though Summon Forms basically offers you all the bits you need, you still need to repeat quite a bit of code for that to to actually work. So creating your own commands or your own navigation code, like you already said. So yeah, a framework is definitely an easy addition if you don't want to roll your own. Yeah, because don't forget, like the the uh, those libraries, those frameworks don't do any magic, right? I mean, they are bound to the same rules that you are. Um, they are just writing some code for you, which you can reuse. So you can write your own view model, the view model navigation. But um, why would you do that if if someone else already did it in a way that you find acceptable um, and just pull in that code and um, make use of that and of course don't forget to contribute back um but if it's if it's open source but you know and and there's other simple things like uh if you want to show a dialogue that's that's usually something that you can only do from like the ui layer right like from the view so um yeah and and you probably want to show a um, a dialogue from uh, triggered somewhere from your view model so um yeah there's there's lots of frameworks out there that can help you with those um, little bits and pieces that you uh, don't want to repeat yourself probably. Um, and yeah, I think Stephen already mentioned uh, a good few. And I think like the tiny MVVM and, and fresh MVVM, um, I've used fresh MVVM for a long time, actually mostly uh, in, in my apps. And what's good about that one is, um, yeah, that it, that it only provides the, the, like the missing bits uh, in, in Xamarin forms. Um, and also it's designed specifically for Xamarin forms because there are other frameworks like in the Prism and MVVM cross, which are very good, very complete, uh, nothing wrong with those. But I think those were frameworks that already existed and were adapted to use Xamarin forms. Uh, so that's that's a bit of a nuance that it, it doesn't really, um, again, it does a great job, but it, it might not always fit great for what you might expect on that platform. Although they've probably evolved for a long, long time and, and have embraced uh, Xamarin Forms as a first-class citizen as well. So um, that, that might not be entirely true anymore. My knowledge on that is not entirely accurate or not uh, correct. Yeah, that's a good point you're touching on there, Gerald. I think um, 
as we all have mentioned, Xamarin Forms brings actually quite a lot of features already within the framework for MVVM. So you have uh, helpers for commands. Uh, thinking back of WPF, all you got for a command was an interface, I command, and you had to then implement everything on your own. You can quite easily um, do do some MVVM with Xamarin Forms without having to add a, a library to to actually do proper MVVM. Uh, but as you also have mentioned, there are some other helper functions that are still missing. And so there are many libraries out there that you can then choose from. I think it might be at the beginning a bit uh, paralysis that can uh, occur um, because there are so many great options that you can choose from. And I remember when I started out doing MVVM, um, I choose the MVVM Lite by Laurent Bunion. Uh, he's Swiss, so it's an awesome framework, obviously. Um, but as you said, um, MVVM Lite has been around for quite some time, so it's it's served quite a few frameworks. It served WPF Silverlight, if anyone can still remember. And uh, lately, I have no longer been using MVVM Lite, but I have been I switched over to Reactive UI, which uh, provides great integration with the uh, reactive uh, extension library, which I think is a really nice fit uh, for using on views, but that might be another show in total. I've also dabbled with uh, MVVM Cross and some apps, uh, which also brings in uh, a lot of features. And for me, uh, the way I like to choose a great library is uh, I want to be able to pick the features that I want to and I, without having to dive in fully and take all the parts. So. If I uh, ever have to migrate away to a new library, because uh, as, it, as it also has been mentioned, some libraries, they are at the end of life or they, they no longer are being maintained. Um, how much pain will it be to replace those parts or how much am I invested? Uh, will I be able to upgrade Xamarin Forms without upgrading my MVVM library, stuff like that? Yeah, I, I fully agree with you on that. I mean, it's it's pretty much what drove me away or at least made me not choose something like MVVM cross, like the enormity of base classes and features and, and things that you need to do. I just want to start slowly, small. And if I need all that other stuff, then maybe I'll reconsider. But it's it's a matter of I don't want to overcomplicate something that I'm just going to well link in and use, basically. My code is probably already complicated as is. So it, it just removes a bit of a hassle, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, in my opinion, these frameworks, they usually should be time savers. And if you end up investing a great amount of time to figure out how they are actually working, um, yeah, it might not be the right library for you, or it might not be the right library for you at the moment. Um, so yeah, just keep that in the back of the mind if you're choosing. You mentioned before, Stephen, that, or Gerald, I'm not sure at the moment, um, the navigation parts of uh, how that can be done. Gerald, definitely Gerald. That's one part that where MVVM frameworks uh, often help you. Another part that uh, some frameworks can help you is with uh, validation of user input uh, so that you can do that quite easily in, in a nice abstract way. And another thing that is... Uh, often also intertwined quite heavily with uh, MVVM frameworks is the uh, IOC uh, inversion of control, depends injection container, uh, 
libraries that you often want to use when doing MVVM. Are there any favorites from you on those in those areas, Gerald? So I think with uh, together with fresh MVVM, you get the tiny IOC, I think. So tiny inversion of control. Um, I think you have the possibility because it, it, it all comes down to um, some interfaces also to implement the, the inversion of control itself. So what basically happens with, with dependency injection uh, and that kind of things is um, you register all your classes basically um, inside a container and then um, you can ask that container for a concrete implementation because you're going to register like uh, pairs of um, an interface and and a concrete implementation of that. Um, so you can do that in the container. And then if you want to take it a step further, um, if you are going to look at design patterns and that kind of things, is that you never want to instantiate any code ever. Uh, and you also don't want to ask that container directly, like, hey, give me an implementation for this. Um, so what you then want to do is probably use a constructor injection where you, um, in the constructor of a certain uh, view model or, or whatever other model you might need, you provide the concrete implementation of that class uh, inside that constructor. So uh, that's the only point where that class is, is provided. Uh, and from there, it, it's used within that model. So if you have to change anything, then that's the only thing that you have to change, basically. And as long as you stick to like the interface it's registered in, um, you can also create a whole new implementation. Um, and as long as it has the same uh, method signatures, you can, um, yeah, you don't have to do anything else. You can just swap out the implementation in that container and uh, boom, magic, it works. Um, so there's there's a couple of frameworks that, that do this. And also the containers have mostly an interface um, that, that they use. Uh, so you can easily swap out different frameworks or containers there. Uh, so I think you have Tiny IOC, you have um, Splat, um, and you have other things like Autofuck and and Ninject. That was no bleeper there, um, just for the record. So yeah, there's there's a lot to choose from, and basically, uh, I tend to think hope that the uh, author of the MVVM framework that I'm using has also done some investigation on which. Uh, container works good in combination with their framework. Uh, so usually it's it's a package deal. You also get like the um, um, container stuff with it uh, for IOC. Um, and I think Fresh MVVM uses Tiny IOC, so I, I never really looked into to anything else. Uh, but I think with, with all the Tiny MVVM stuff, so the namings are going to be confused here. Uh, Steven, you're maybe going to know this. Um, I think... Uh, Daniel Hendrikis, I think is his name, something like that. Our uh, he, pronunciation might be off, but yes. yeah, probably. He did the tiny MVVM, and I, I think he also published some investigation results uh, from different containers that he tried to use, which was faster or slower or whatever. I, I may have seen that indeed, um, but on his on his tiny MVVM, I think he provides a uh, autofac version. But it, it does also come with the possibility to plug in your own one. Um, I think it's basically implementing, like you said, an interface and a few methods. But there there is freedom in that sense to plug in your own if you have different preferences. 
And I think with that freedom also comes a bit of responsibility. Um, as Gerald said, um, so most MVVM frameworks come with a default IOC option. And I think it's just important to keep in mind that uh, some of the IOC frameworks were designed for use on client-side applications like a mobile app, and others were uh, implemented with the server-side uh, in the back of their mind, like an ASP.NET Core application. And the IOC containers will have to have different functionalities uh, from where they are. And I remember reading, uh, I think it was the same blog post, where those uh, IOC containers were compared with one another. And there are some frameworks that are uh, used quite a lot uh, in the backend part, which perform quite badly when used on a mobile client. And the reason being that on a mobile client, usually you need uh, the IOC to return the first instance as quick as possible and on the server, the first hit, it's it's okay when it's a bit slower, as long as then the IOC warms up, I'm making quotes that no one can see, and then is a lot faster. And those are some considerations that one just has to do. Another thing being that when you deploy on iOS, you usually do, uh, compile ahead of time, so there's no runtime. So all your fancy reflection is not going to work most probably and that's another thing that you just have to keep in mind another thing that i found quite interesting was the framework that gerald mentioned splat which is the default uh, ioc framework for reactive ui it uses actually the locator pattern which is a bit frowned upon because uh, it um, hides a bit the uh, way how dependencies are shown but uh, there's quite a nice post and how you can actually use locator pattern with Splat and still have those dependencies lighting up. And the way that Splat is used is a bit different maybe than other uh, IOC containers that you have to make all your references on your own. So you have to build up um, the dependency tree on your own, but by not using any reflection, it's actually really fast. So that's quite cool when you do a mobile app on a ARM-based device. Yeah, so and if you want to take it even a step further, then if you look at like the Miguel de Casas of this world, and I think James Montemagno as well, they're, I think, very much against all the interfacing and, and probably the performance hit that you take there. Um, so yeah, there are definitely other ways to do it as well. But uh, uh, it seems that this is a pattern that is widely used and uh, has proven to be useful to keep your code a little bit clean. So, um, you know, decide for yourself. But um, there's definitely multiple ways to to do this. Yeah, I think I even saw a um, blog post a while ago by Brendan Minnick um, because his, his Git Trends app also doesn't really use an MVVM framework. Um, but he was talking about performance in collection views and scrolling was, was stutter, stuttering a lot and it didn't look quite good. Um, and I think he investigated in the end that it was the bindings on his data template cell or something um, that were pretty much the cause of that. And he re-rolled that into not using bindings um, and it, it performed a, a lot quicker. So yeah, it's, it's like you said, it has its advantages, but sometimes you take it for granted that, that it just does what you think it does, but it, it can also introduce problems elsewhere. It's basically what yeah, I'm trying to yeah. say. 
there's a lot of magic going on, but it's it's good to know what the magic does at least to some extent, so um, that you know whenever things like that, like performance issues, show up or um, something something you're not expecting, uh, then at least you have some clue on on where to go find it and uh, what might be going on and how to maybe solve it yourself. Because yeah, that that's still something very useful. Um, so and if we look at like um, also uh, MVVM and and there's a lot of other patterns. If we go back to the Git trends that that triggered me, um, I think he's also using like a lot of uh, the C sharp uh, markup things, right? So uh, Xamarin Forms now has. I mean, you everything you can do in XAML. Uh, could always be done in, in C-sharp as well. I personally am not a really big fan, um, but to make it a little bit easier, uh, they've created a whole bunch of, yeah, like fluent extension methods. I think we maybe mentioned it before uh, in our podcast. Is that then still MVVM? Or is that more towards MVU? That's, again, something different, but... Well, um, I guess you can write MVVM-style code using the coded... Uh, the the coded UI that is uh, now in a lot of uh, tweets as uh, I scroll through my timeline. Um, I think the MVU pattern, the model view update, uh, is a bit more of a functional approach, how you can do uh, a UI and how the changes are triggered. And that is... um, yeah, I think I think only because you write your uh, UI encode does not mean you're doing something else than MVVM. Uh, it, it does not have to be. No, exactly. I mean, XAML is just some some different form of writing your code, basically, right? So, I mean, um, it it still all translates to um, well, it translates back to C sharp is not entirely correct, but um, it it it's still code and it's still. Uh, the same things that you can do with it. So I definitely agree that implementing MVVM is not something that depends on um, using XAML or not. Um, it, it makes it a bit easier, but uh, yeah, it, it also um, has a lot of magic going on in terms of like uh, transforming um, values and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but you can definitely do everything um, in C sharp as well, and yeah, the MVU thing that is something that is coming um, in in uh, the the new reincarnation of Xamarin Forms, uh, which will be .NET Maui. Um, did we already do an episode on that? We totally should. Uh, so so there's there's going to be MVU, uh, which is yeah again. The, Kind of like it, it's trying to achieve the same goals as MVVM, I think, uh, but it does it in in a different way with um, different pros and cons. Absolutely, and I think we have mentioned it a few times here before or during this episode. But as soon as you go down the architecture road, there will always be different opinions how something should be done, or some hawk liners might say must be done, and I think there's just no one right path how you can do it there is always multiple options how you can do something and uh, some options work really good in one place and will not work great in another place so i think it's quite hard to give here a definite uh, recommendation for a single framework or a single architecture approach when it comes to writing your uh, apps yeah i couldn't agree more um, I mean, it, it's all a matter of what fits your knowledge, your requirements, your team, the tools that you have, the technologies that you already use. Um, so, you know, just 
decide for yourself, make a good choice. I'm sure you will. Um, we're just here to inform you and share a little bit of our knowledge and experience. Nicely said, Gerald. And I think that wraps our episode on MVVM. We've been your hosts, Mark Alibone, Gerald Flows, and Stephen Davis. Did we miss your favorite MVVM framework? Be sure to let us know on Twitter at nullpointers.io. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And until next week. Bye.